You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Yes, we start a brand new series today. And uh, you'll all know that Pastor Glyn and Sophie are on sabbatical right now. And uh, we really thought it'd be good to teach into uh, the, the principle of rest. And so obviously we've got summer holidays coming up. School is breaking in just a couple of weeks. Parents, I'm sorry, two weeks time, brace yourselves, get ready. That's why all the parents' kids' church is packed today because uh, every parent, you're making the most. Holidays are coming. But we thought it'd be really good as a church and healthy for us to talk about rest and, and prepare ourselves for the, the power of rest and also some of the ways that we can rest. And we're just gonna spend three weeks looking at rest in the Bible and its significance to us. The Bible says, In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus speaking, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We believe that rest is not just a natural thing that we do. We don't just break from uh, from work, but there's a supernatural and spiritual impact of rest and a supernatural uh, source of rest, and we're going to speak of, into that over the next three weeks. Hebrews chapter four, verse nine, uh, verse eleven, uh, verse nine to eleven says, "There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from His. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest." Speaking to us, let us make every effort to enter the rest. There's a partnership from, from us so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Wow. God really values rest. And we're going to look, look at that for three weeks. Today's subject is restology. We're talking about the study of rest through what the Bible says So let's pray really quickly. God, I just pray for every person in this room, hardworking, uh, high impact people. And I pray, God, as we think about the summer holidays and many people may be going away on holiday, we, we pray, God, that You would enable us to understand what rest is, what it does in us. And, and the impact it will make through us. So we pray as the Bible teaches us to make every effort to enter that rest. We pray, God, as You teach us from the Bible what rest is, that we would make every effort to enter into the rest that You have for us in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Well, all of us are busy, aren't we? Busy is kind of the first word on people's lips when they ask, how are you doing? It would be busy, but every one of us has made some of those mistakes when we've been so busy that we've forgotten some simple things the other day. In fact, last week, 
I was going to Geneva, to our campus in Geneva that is going absolutely incredibly. Tim and Frankie, all of the team there are doing a phenomenal job. And uh, I was leaving the house and just as I left, Emily said, do you have your passport? Seems like a really obvious question, but it, for me, I hadn't packed my passport. We can be so busy doing everything else that we can forget about the most obvious thing. How many parents you've been so busy? Come on, I'm looking for honest parents. And you've forgotten to pick up the kids from school. Come on. I know this more if you did. We've been so busy driving around that we've forgotten to fill up petrol. We're all spinning so many plates and it's often the most simple and obvious things that go missing when we're all so busy. The problem is that now busy is not just a state of mind, but busy now is a status symbol. People almost feel that sense of achievement to be able to say, how have you been? Oh, I've been busy. I just so many appointments, so many people want to see me. I've got so many projects that everybody else is relying on me because I'm so important. So I want everybody to know I'm so busy. And we feel like we get a sense of value from being able to tell people that we are so busy because this culture values busyness more than it does productivity. It values busyness more than effectiveness. It values busyness more than personhood. And so we can get caught up in this rat race of trying to achieve and trying to accomplish and trying to do stuff. But the Bible is clear that God values rest. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. He finished the work. And so on the seventh day, He rested from all of His work. And then God blessed the seventh day and He made it holy because on it, He rested from all of the work of creating that He had been doing. Have you ever thought about the fact that God needs rest? God rested from all of the work He'd been doing. And so God institutes rest for all of His people. He so values rest that He commanded rest. In the Old Testament, there's not just a principle of rest, but they enshrine rest into the law. And they decide that one day in seventh must be observed by a day of rest. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 11, remember the Sab Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It's, it's an act of worship to God. On it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son, your daughter, your male or female servant, nor even your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all, all that was in them, but He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and He made it holy. God really values rest. And so we must take it seriously. 
I want to just give you a few benefits from rest today. And some may be really obvious, but really what we're trying to do over the next three weeks is just to impart to you God's value and what God is going to achieve and accomplish through our ability to enter in to the rest that God has to us. So the first thing that rest does is rest is an antidote for exhaustion. I guess this would be the most obvious reason to rest for physical, mental and spiritual recuperation. In Exodus 31, 16 and 17, the Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. It'll be a sign between me and the people of God forever. Then six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, He rested and was refreshed. Exodus 31 tells us that God didn't just rest, but that God rested it, rested and was refreshed. Hello? We're talking about Creator God. He rested not just to model something to us, but God Himself, the Creator, the Bible says was refreshed from His rest. We are refreshed physically, spiritually and emotionally in the middle of the rest. A few weeks ago, we were on holiday in, in a Euro camp, which is you know, everything's set up. You go, it was near Barcelona, flew in an hour south. The kids, it's so easy. Just first day, check the pool is shallow enough that all the kids are okay. And then you're set, you're good to go. Football pitch there, swimming pool there. That's all we need, we're good. About halfway into the holiday, we were just lying down, enjoying the sun. And uh, we turned to each other and we said, just a minute, I think we've had 30 minutes non-stop just sat here. No kids, nobody has been saying anything to us. We've just been, we've been sat here resting. It was this moment that we realised for the first time in 13 years that we've had 30 minutes to enjoy rest on a holiday. We were like, woohoo, this is incredible. This is amazing. Because you know, having young kids that holidays well, it's more about, you know, memory making for the kids, which is great in itself. But we reached this moment this year that we were like, wow, I think we've just actually rested for 30 minutes. And there's something that happens when you enter into rest that everything changes in a moment. You are physically recuperated, you're spiritually and emotionally, you, you recover. And science backs this up. It says, uh, science tells us that you recover in three areas. Firstly, emotionally, with a lack of rest, you end up exhausted, tired, irritable, and your, your fluctuation in mood is rapid. You can feel low one minute and high the next. We also enter a state of flight or fight, fight or flight, which is a protection mechanism. But when you are tired, you live in the state of fight or flight. In other words, you're living in a defensive mode. You're living thinking the worst is about to happen. You're living in conversations, waiting to defend your position because everything is an attack on you. 
And when you are physically exhausted, you are also emotionally exhausted. And so you live in this fight or flight response. Everybody's attacking. Science also tells us that your brain act attention is significantly reduced with a lack of rest. Your concentration decreases, performance lowers, your memory decreases, your ability to absorb new information drops and it affects the way you make decisions. But when we rest, our brain function is increased and we're able to make better decisions quicker. We think to do more, we must be active all of the time. But some of the most productive time that you can have is have a sleep. Some of, sometimes the most productive thing that you can do for the sake of everybody else is to take some time off because rest increases our brain activity. It boosts creativity. The term sleep on it is actually really ac- accurate because it's out of rest, we're able to make way better decisions. The third area is our body and sleep is essential to our function as people. And so in all of these areas, we understand that in order to operate as we are designed, we need rest. In the Bible, they would not only rest themselves, the Bible instructed all the animals to rest and they also caused their land to rest. They would sow seed and have harvest time, but every seventh year they would let the land lie. I grew up going to, uh, going to our, a cousin's farm in, in Derbyshire and the same would happen on his farm. He would leave a field every seventh year to rest because even the land needed rest in order to produce incredible harvests. None of us are machines. And so every single person in here, we need to make every effort to enter rest. Second thing is this, rest is the antidote to acquisition. Rest is saying to ourselves that we do not worship work. We are not on this constant treadmill of hustle. Everyone's talking now about you got to hustle and you got to, you know, have 59 side hustles on the go because it's those who hustle, they make it to the top. And yet God is screaming at us at this culture that says do more. And God is saying, no, when you are just spending all of your time with every single hustle going on and you're using every minute to book a meeting and everything is about doing more, When God is saying you can do that, but what you're doing is you are worshipping the acquisition of more. You're in this cycle of I need more and to get more, I need to work more. And the principle of the Sabbath was a separation from work. In fact, the whole context of the commands in Exodus chapter 20 are the people of God who have left Egypt You know what they were doing in Egypt? They were working and they were not resting. Pharaoh was not relenting on them in any any way. 
It was relentless activity. If they stopped for a minute, they would be beaten. And they were in this pattern of generations of work more, work more, work more, work more, work more, work more. And so now, having just left Egypt, God brings in these commands and one of them is to just stop working. And they're like, what? Because all they know is to do more. And if you're to generate anything, Pharaoh said, you must work harder. And so the context of this Sabbath commandment is a society that has never experienced rest. And yet the Creator God who rested Himself and was refreshed says to His people, what I'm now gonna do, because you, you know I created and I rested, but now I'm gonna command you to rest. I require your obedience in this stage because all you've known is to work hard. And so I'm now requiring this to be law that you must stop. Exodus 20 verse two, I brought you out of slavery. And when we stop, we are understanding that God is bringing us out of slavery. You are not a slave to your greatest material desire. And when you stop, you are telling your material desires, I do not worship you, I worship the Creator God. If all you're doing is constantly trying for more, what you're doing is worshipping the idol of a role or a position or a career path or a material possession or a retirement plan, whatever it is, but you're on this treadmill worshipping an idol. And when you discipline yourself to stop, you're saying, I'm not worshipping I'm not seeking. I'm not going after all of those things. What I'm doing is stopping to say, God, only You. I worship You. I honour You above everything that this world has to offer. Colossians 3 verse 5, put to death whatever is earthly. Sometimes you have to put your own desires to death. And the only way to do that in the context of more is to stop. You ever found, I know you guys, every February as a church, or we've shifted it every March, we fast as a church, don't we? And we, we believe for the miraculous. And it's when you fast after a certain amount of time, you realise, actually, I'm not even that hungry. After a certain point of time, even the smell of food, you feel full. You're like, oh, sweet, that's my dinner sorted in one sniff. Maybe you've you, you've foregone a certain thing and, and suddenly that desire for sugar, it, it dissipates. And, and it's after you separate yourself from something, you realise, I didn't really need that thing very much or as much as I thought I did. And the same is true when you discipline yourself to stop work and to worship God. What you do is you, you, you remind yourself, I am not worshipping the idol of more. Luke 12, 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They don't labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendour was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, how much more will He clothe you? You have little faith. And do not set your heart on the things that you will eat or drink. Don't worry about them, for the pagan world runs after all these things. They chase, they hustle, they work hard because they're worshipping the idol of more stuff. But your Father knows that you need them. Matthew 6, Seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness and He will add all things. You won't need to worry. When you make the decision to worship God, to stop, to put down the laptop, to put down your work. You're saying, God, You are my source. You are my supply. All things come from You. Last thing is this, the rest is the antidote to anxiety. Rest, arrest fear. Rest ensures that we don't live by a constant un- fear of the unknown, but, but rather we focus again on God's promises for our life. That we understand that we live under the blessing and favour of God. Gen- uh, Genesis 2 verse 1 to 3. In verse 3, the Bible says that God blessed the seventh day and He made it holy. In all of the days of creation, the Bible account says that there was the first day, night and day, and that was the first day. And the same for all six days. But on the seventh day, the Bible specifically says that God stopped and He blessed the seventh day. His favour rested on rest. His favour rested on the seventh day. And when we stop, when we rest, when we take moments in a day or in a week or in a month or in a year, and we say, I am stopping to lift my eyes and worship, what we're doing is saying, I'm not gonna worry about what I don't know. I'm gonna focus my faith on what I do know. And I know God's promises still stand. And you remind yourself that it's in this moment that God blessed. And so while we're While we're stopping, God continues to work for your good. God continues to command a blessing and favour over your life. In the context of Sabbath, Isaiah 58 verse 14 says, you'll find your joy in the Lord. That's the emotional recuperation. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. There's something about recalibration when you enter rest. A while back, I went to the opticians and I didn't realise I need glasses until the optician said, you need glasses. When I put on the glasses for the first time I was driving, I could not believe it. I did not realise that God had created the world in HD ready. I was like, wow. God, I did not. I really, I thought creation was slightly blurry. I thought that's what the seventh day, you know, you rested and probably should have just sorted the details out. You put the glasses on, you're like, wow, everything looks so clear. And rest can do the same. It's like putting glasses on and it recalibrates you and it enables you to see more clearly. Everything that God has given to you, you can see it with a new sense of gratitude. Every decision that you have to make, you can see through the busyness and you can see with clarity the decision that you need to make. 
You can hear all the voices of culture screaming and shouting at you. And yet through rest, you can tune your ear into God and God's voice cuts through all the mess. And you hear His voice clearer than you've ever heard because it's in our rest that we separate ourselves from the work system. We separate ourselves from our own fears. And what we do is in our rest, we come to God and we worship Him. We say, God, in this moment, I recognise today's a blessed day. I recognise today You spoke blessing over rest. God, that you, Your favour is with me. And I recognise this day, this moment, this five minutes, whatever I have right now, but I'm stopping. This is the most effective and productive part of my week. So God, just speak. I tune in right now. What is it you want to say? Come on, some people in here working so hard with big decisions to make. And I believe this week that even just by making a moment to stop and tune in, God is going to give you clarity with that business decision that you need to make. Some person in the room and there's a decision that you've been making and the compromise has felt tempting and you've been justifying a compromise. And yet what's gonna happen this week as you make a decision to rest? You're just gonna tune out from the voice of culture and the voice of popular opinion around you. And you're gonna see the compromise for what it is. You're gonna hear with clarity what God is whispering in your ear. And the decision that you make with courage and with boldness is gonna produce an incredible harvest. Come on, there's power in our rest. God instigated rest. God rested and refreshed. And I believe, and as a church, we believe over the next couple of months that we're gonna enter into a new rest that isn't about laziness. It's not about, you know, just thinking a lifestyle of doing less. What it is gonna be is gonna be proactive. I'm gonna make every effort to enter into the rest that God has me has for me in order to do everything that God has graced me to do. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 